All right, all right. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Coming at you live from San Francisco. It is the House of Pride show with your host, Tweaky Turner. What a show we have for you today, folks. We have great guests right now. We're warming things up with DJ Val. She'll be playing her mix right here, listening to her greatest music, and she'll be talking to us a little bit. We also have David LaSalle from Provincetown, George Cherkiai from Miami, Ray Gill from Miami, and the fabulous Lee Daga from Bimbo Jones fame all coming at you. But right now, why don't we warm up with DJ Val and her spring mix, folks? Get ready and to dance. Put your dancing shoes on. House of Pride Radio.
Ladies and gentlemen, that is DJ Val out of Chicago. That's her uh, hot mix you're listening to, warming things up here on House of Pride Radio. But now we have to get right into our fabulous list of uh, interviewees today, starting with uh, Miami. We're all the way going to Miami, Florida with the one and only George Cherkiai. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. By the way, I have a message for you from your mother. Oh, okay. Should we do it on the air or wait to uh, later? Well, no, it's just she called me uh, for my birthday coming up next week, and she asked me what I was going to do. And I said, uh, or how I was doing, and I said, well, I'm going to be on uh, Michael's radio show on Monday. She said, who? Yeah. So she said hello. She's told me to say hello. Okay. Hi, Mom. Uh Fabulous. So welcome. Welcome. How are you doing today? Uh, today I was uh, rehearsing my ad-libs for your show. Oh, good. That's great. Oh, great. Oh, and I have my monitors working. Thank God. Okay. So uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you on because you are, you have been uh, in, uh, you've been working in the arts for most of your life. Uh, you oh, are a veteran uh, film projectionist. And now, later in life, you're mentoring uh, the uh, Palmetto uh, Senior High School in in Florida. Um, can you take us back? Uh, what was you, what was the uh, the beginning? What was your motivation to get into uh, film and being a projectionist? Oh well, I just loved it ever since I was four years old. So I. I was brought up with that, but then I went into stagehand work and motion picture work also. But uh, I retired about 13 years ago, and I went to uh, one of my uh, granddaughter's plays at a junior high school, and the spotlight work was atrocious. It really upset me. So I volunteered to help them, and I've been doing that at uh, four different schools down here in the Miami area, mostly at the Palmetto Senior High School. Yes, Palmetto Senior High School. Shout out to you guys. That's great that you are giving back to the up and coming uh, artists. Uh, with your expertise. Um, now you told me that you uh, were projectionists uh, a lot um, on Long Island. Can you tell us how being a projectionist back? 
then uh, in the 70s, I would say. Is that right? How? Uh, actually, I started when I was 12 years old in a town called Amityville, where uh, my stepfather taught me how to run uh, movies. How is the technique different from then to, uh, to now? There must be... Well, then there, there was film. And mm-hmm. uh, about 10 years ago, they started uh, phasing out the film. And they went to uh, digital. And so projectionist jobs really don't exist uh, anymore except in some art houses. Got you. What, can you give us an example of the mechanical aspect to being a film projectionist? What, what is involved? Well, back in my day, they had carbon arc uh, lamps uh, that form the light on the screen. It's an actual flame that burns, uh, much like a welder's uh, torch. And that's what produced the light, and it, it moved. Uh, as it burns, and you have to keep the light and the flame steady, so uh, you had to thread up the film, you had to rewind it, so you were busy pretty much all of the time. So you couldn't actually watch the movie in real time with the with the audience. You were busy making it all making the magic happen, as they say. Yeah, basically that's it. Today uh, they just push a button, like you turn on a TV, and that's it. Oh, that's interesting. But back then, you were the wizard behind the curtain. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Did you have a nickname? Oh, the Kodak Kid. They called you the Kodak Kid. Okay, that must yeah. that uh, must have been the twelve the twelve year old period. What were some of the great movies that really stick out back in those days that had that impacted you, like that inspired you, uh, made you happy to be a film projectionist? Well, I used to like uh, fun movies, James Bond movies, action movies. Uh, One of the cute movies I liked when I was an usher in a theater was a movie called Pepe with uh, a Mexican comedian. Marino Pantiflis. And he was like a Charlie Chaplin around the world. Actually, just as famous, but he was Spanish. And uh, I liked his movies. Uh, I like Sam Peck, Peck and Poor cowboy movies, basically. I don't know if you're, he's mm-hmm. behind your time, but uh, of course, Humphrey Bogart, Charlie Chan movies, The Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. I just like all movies. There's something in almost every movie. I think I only walked out on two or three movies my whole life. They have something to offer. Maybe the scenery, the acting. Mm-hmm. No one goes out to make a bad movie. Everyone goes out to make a great movie, but not all of them turn out that way. Is there one movie, or what would you say is one of the your... Best ever for you yes singing in the rain oh with debbie reynolds and right exactly Mm -hmm. debbie reynolds uh yep and gene kelly gene kelly debbie reynolds and donald o'connor that's right that's my favorite movie is that right okay now we know excuse me now we know that is i was going to ask what is one of your favorite movies singing in the rain uh, actually most critics uh, consider it 
the best musical ever. Uh huh. So it's worth seeing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone, put it on your to watch list if you haven't. Young young folks have never heard of it. This is a, a good movie to get started. Um, let's. Uh, when did you retire, George? Uh, 1962. So. <laughs> That's when you started. When did you retire? I, I retired in 1962. Oh. From uh, full-time work. You know, that's when I started getting my Social Security. But I, I've been keep busy. I wonder how we, I even had the time to work because <laughs> I have so much going on with the grandchildren, the relatives, and uh, mentoring uh, young men and women at the school. I tell you, I'm not worried about the future. People say, kids, on the last show before yours, I heard someone say it, that they don't like kids. Well, I don't feel that way. There's some real smart kids out there, especially in drama de departments, because you have to have good grades to get in. You have to be able to interact with people. Uh, they're, they're super polite uh, and smart and uh, dedicated to uh, show business. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and even, uh, actually, they just won a competition, a regional competition. Uh, you, you've heard of the Tonys, right? Yes. Okay, you, you know, there's, there's uh, a Tony, it's called the Jimmy, and that's uh, for high schools all over the United States, and it's sponsored by uh, the League of Broadway Theaters and... Uh, named after, part of it is named after the Nylander organization, and they own uh, half the theaters on Broadway. And uh, I could tell you, it's so prestigious to be uh, nominated for uh, in the regional section, uh, because when if you make it to New York, there's Broadway producers that uh, watch uh, the high school students. I can tell when Miss Saigon was playing on Broadway. The producer went in to see these kids, not our kids, other ones, and uh, he hired, right on the spot, he hired one of them for Miss Saigon, and she was in high school. Fabulous. The uh, high school we're talking about that uh, was nominated or won the award is the Palmetto Senior High School? Actually, they were nominated uh, for 10 chimneys. Best Musical, Best Director, uh, Best Musical Director, Best Costumes, Best Sets, Two Best Actors, Two Best Actresses, and uh, Best Supporting Actress. All right, go, go, go on, Palmetto. Way to go. Congratulations. That's fabulous. I told them, and I believe this with every ounce of heart in my body. I've seen hundreds and worked many Broadway shows when they travel around the country and these kids are as good as any Broadway actors and actresses and, and technicians also. When they went to Tampa, they were at the, what they call the Morrisani Hall that has 2,700 seats. Could you imagine a theater that big? Have How seven, exciting. 
for the kids. 70 uh, feet up in the air is where the spotlight booths were. Is that where you were positioned? Well, actually, uh, I did. I had trained uh, the spotlight operator in Miami, and they mm -hmm. have like 360-watt spotlights that are about three feet long. And at this theater, there's spotlights with 3,000 watts, and they were about eight feet long. And uh, actually, the spotlight operator that I trained uh, at Palmetto, he's afraid of heights, so I trained him how to, to uh, call the cues for the uh, regular house technician spotlighters. And uh, we didn't have time to do much. Actually, we couldn't even get into the theater till 11 o'clock in the afternoon, in the morning, mm -hmm. and have a, a 6 o'clock show. Oh, that's they didn't have time for a full rehearsal. Tight they didn't rehearsal. Have to put up all the sets, uh, check out the sound. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were so professional. It's unbelievable. There were some technical uh, flaws in the theater that they had to work around. They had people in the theater five minutes before the show, and they had a major uh, sound problem up in the spotlight booth. They had to uh, listen. Uh, to the show on monitors in order to get the cues right. Like when the music ends on the last beat, you, you black out or something, you go boom, 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 you know, mm -hmm. that type of thing. They couldn't hear anything. <laughs> so luckily, uh, the head carpenter of the house there was uh, a friend of mine. I uh, initiated him into... Uh, the IATSE Union, which is the, uh, actually the only uh, major, or not major, only union for technicians in, in the United States and Canada. So uh, they helped me out, and or us out. And I have to say uh, that uh, Robin Barson is the director of the whole department at the school, and Jeannie uh, Senzel uh, helped with the show. She uh, was the musical director. As professional as anybody can be, I tell you, both of them. And we consider ourselves a family. Very few parents give of their time. Most of the people that volunteer there have been uh, with uh, Robin and her better half, uh, Rusty, uh, who she's... Uh, fiance and he teaches at another school drama but uh, that show was as good as any show but it's a family yeah that's awesome what was the name of the play that they did and one who got well, nominated it's called the uh, drowsy chaperone it's a play within a play basically okay like uh, it's about a man that's kind of lonely and he lives his life by listening to records of plays. Fabulous. And he tells the audience, you know, he talks to the audience. He introduces the, the mm -hmm. players in the play, in the drowsy chaperone, and he has a line, something like, uh, uh, there's even a gay wedding in this show. And then he looks at the audience and says, oh, it didn't mean what it means today, it just meant happy and festive. So it's a fun kind of show. And now a let's lot of uh, dance and a lot of singing. Uh -huh. 
Uh, Let, excuse, uh, sorry to interrupt you, George. George, take a breath for one second. I, I want to ask you a question. Who? Let's do a shout outs if you don't mind to the the act. Some of the actors. Who were the leads? The lead in the act, actor, which we call him the man in the chair, was Ethan Russo. He was nominated. Mm-hmm. One of those ten nominations. And uh, Jake Zinnemann. Uh-huh. He was uh, played Robert Martin, who's uh, actually. There's a real person, Robert Martin, who actually wrote that play. And uh, the stage manager, uh, Ryan, uh, we call him Barker, his last name. I listened on headsets when he was calling the lining cues and uh, curtain cues and all that kind of stuff. And he was rattling them off like uh, five miles an hour. Boom, 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 boom. He was. I, I haven't seen anyone more professional than he was. Of course, uh, the sound, uh, Justin, his name is too long to pronounce, but he also helped design the set. So, uh, you know, we're real proud of him. This is and, amazing uh, accomplishment from uh, the Palmetto Senior High School. Ten, yeah, no- ten nominations. And where, uh, uh, where do you guys... 3,000 um, seat theater. Three, and they ran it by themselves. I can just imagine how excited those children, those uh, seniors were. This is uh, incredible. So where where do they, where does everyone go from here? Do they uh, are they graduating well, this year, uh, going off to theater school, or what's going on? What's next? Well, a lot of them want to be professional actors and actresses, but as far as this school is concerned, mm-hmm. they're going back up to Tampa for another judging. They're not going to do the whole show; just some of the things that. Uh, they can do by themselves so that they can be judged that way. <clears throat> and then if they win that, uh, they're going to go on to New York in a competition. So That's amazing. Uh, like I said, some yeah. people get hired. They, they'll only be seen by producers, you know, and people with the yeah. shows. Could be. Could so Somebody could get discovered. It's like auditioning for a Broadway show. Yeah. And some of them are going to get hired. That that is, uh, they must be so <laughs> excited to be a part of that, yeah. and you're the, a part the, of this by. I have uh, to tell you one funny. Yeah. Thing well, let me. Yeah. Hold hold on one. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. Okay. Uh, <coughs> you must be thrilled for the kids that you helped uh, on your level on your doing your part to get to where they are now. Uh, I wanted to know, do you get to work with new groups of students each semester? But you know, I found out that they lift me. As much as I try to lift them. Yeah. They, they're all saying, you know, they keep me young. But I tell you, they learn from me, but I learned from them also. It's a it's a, an, an co- collaboration of, of good artistry. Uh, well, we got to wrap this up. I uh, have a, a lot of guests today on House of Pride Radio. Um do you, will you be working with the new group of seniors uh, next semester, or do you continue working with this oh, group? I, I have no plans of leaving. Like I said, we're a family, and uh, I've been with them for 13 years. 13 years is a long... That's amazing that you're given back after a career as a, uh, you know, in, as a projectionist in private. Now you're working with these it's, kids at high school. It's something that uh, I would recommend to anyone to try. What I, whatever you know, their expertise is, don't let it die with you. 
pass it on to someone else. And that is words of wisdom, ladies and gentlemen, here on House of Pride Radio. All right, George Cherkiai, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I want to go out with what you said earlier about your favorite movie, Singing in the Rain. Well, here is the theme from the movie. Uh, the artist is Gene Kelly. Thank you so much. Uh, come on back sometime real soon, okay? Okay, great. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. I'm ready for love. Let the stormy clouds chase everyone from the place. Come on with the rain. I'm a smile on my face. I walk down the lane with a happy refrain. Just singing, singing in the rain. I'm happy. I hope you guys are happy out there listening to us. Uh, one down with our first interview from Miami, George Cherkiai. We're going to be moving, uh, staying over regional in Miami. Uh, and we're going to have another interview live here on House of Pride Radio with the one and only Ray Gill. Uh, he ha- He's a billboard recording artist and he also produces music. He has a, a hit out. We're going to hear about it. Let's warm things up with... Uh, one of his songs right now folks this is called don't want don't want to cry check it out we'll be right back with a live Hi, Bray. It's Tweeka. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Welcome to House of Pride Radio. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I just don't want to butcher your last name. How do you pronounce it correctly? <laughs> Guel. Guel. That's right. That's a fabulous name. It's Catalan. Yes, sir. Tell us about your current Billboard Club Topper. Well, my current track, um, Don't Want to Cry, is, uh, is making a lot of noise, and uh, I'm happy about that. 
<laughs> really? Well, that's good news. <laughs> I'm real happy about that, as a matter of fact. And I have some incredible mixes. Um, the originals with Giuseppe D. And, of course, there's Stonebridge and Damien Hall. We have Dirty Work and Dirty Disco and up-and-coming uh, DJ Deanne is on that as well. Plus a few other remixes there. But, uh, yeah, a little, a little flavor for everyone. And you, you're singing lead on it, is that right? Did you write the song as well? I wrote the song. I sang the song. I did the background vocals. Uh, yeah, just me, all me. Well, let's listen to a couple of these mixes. Folks, they're available for downloading and listening right there on all major distribution sites. I went to iTunes where they're readily available. Support your local artists. Let's see, which one should we... I want to listen to Dirty Disco. I love those guys. Is that okay? That's cool. All right, here goes. Check it out, folks. This is called Don't Want to Cry, Dirty Disco, Big Room Mix. Oh, that's a pretty melodic uh, structure at the end, too. I like that. That's Dirty Disco's remix. Uh, they did a great job. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, one or two more. What, what, what do you recommend, Ray? Well, one of my favorites is the Stonebridge and Damien Hall mix. All right. Should we have a listen? Let's do it. All righty. Don't want to cry. The Stonebridge and who? Stonebridge and who? Damien Hall. All right.
All right. Well, that was the dub dub instrumental one. So sorry, but uh, it's cool. It's you know I that nice song, groove, though. Every time I listen to that mix, it's like it's like I want to be driving through the desert, and it's just just driving through the desert. That yeah, for there's some a l- odd reason. I don't even like the desert. It has a lot of. Uh, <laughs> well, you're from Miami. Uh, um, it's very humid down there. On uh, dry in the desert, but this yeah, you're right. It has a lot of uh, atmosphere. The song. Uh, yeah. What's one that might highlight uh, lyrics and verses with your singing? Probably the Giuseppe D, which was the original. It's also the radio. Um, that's pretty more the the, the complete song original yeah all right let's check it out one more song so that that, that we'll do i see right here here goes don't want to cry Jeez, let's see. What's up, I guess iTunes? I don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, and then the next one is uh, the Dirty Disco Airplay, so that probably has vocals on it. Here we go. Here we go. Check it out. So right that away, will get you off your feet. It sh- sure will. I mean, right away, the production level is just uh, tops. Excellent production level. Everything sounds fierce, and that, that's what you want from an EP: is to mix up the flavors. And uh, it is that's an that's a really uh, uplifting. You, you're right. You said it exactly. It makes you want to get up off your feet and dance. Yes, amen. Take me to you the know disco. What? <laughs> They're um, and this is this one. This just came out. Uh, you remember the old um, disco track from Patrick Jouvet? Uh, I Love America? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I'm being featured on a new release as well, uh, which is Full Intention versus Patrick Jouvet by Casey Anderson and Joseph Thatcher. And I'm featured in it. Is that yes, the next project? I sing that high. Mm-hmm. That's your next project coming out? Actually, no, that, that one's out simultaneously. Um, my next project I'm already working on, um, 
but I'd rather not say just yet. Okay. So, yeah, so if you don't have enough of me with Don't Want to Cry, you can always check out I Love America as well. That one's going to be big for this summer. Oh, perfect. Summer dance music. Tell us a little bit about um, where this all started for you as an artist. Well, um, when I first started, I, w I was really in uh, in the theater. I was a musical theater actor, and uh, that's kind of how I started. And uh, along the line, I got involved in a new wave band, and we pretty much uh, recorded a few, you know, an EP. I went and I shopped it, and um, unfortunately, they didn't uh, want the band, but fortunately for me, they signed me as a solo artist. And, um, and then I got uh, into recording what they call freestyle, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much where where I kind of got my first music success. Um, and after that, then I started wanting to evolve because I've always loved house music. I mean, my, my, my dance music base is disco. And for me, house is just disco, but with a bigger, you know, bigger punch. So pretty much that, that's, uh, how I got it going. And, um, then I opened my own label it's the second time I opened my label. I just opened SRM and decided to start putting out some of my own stuff. And uh, and this is where we're at. My first track, um, Don't Want to Cry, uh, actually did very well. It uh, peaked at 16 on the Billboard charts, and it's currently number 13 in Music Weekly, I think it's called, in the in UK. The UK? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Congratulations. So it's doing really, doing really well over there, and uh, and I'm happy about that. I'm really happy. And now with, um, I'm really happy about um, I Love America as well, because, um, well, I always loved the old Patrick Jouvet track, and uh, the fact I could do a little homage to disco was my... Uh, was my thing to do so so i'm happy i got two things two two projects going on uh working against each other but or maybe working together who knows it's all good it's all good it's all good and you're based in miami is that right i am based in miami um originally i used to live out there on on the west coast when i was doing the musical theater thing Mm -hmm. I was out in LA. I went to UCLA. Oh, cool! And uh, I lived in Santa Monica, so uh, I did escape Miami for a little while. But now that's where you you call home. I, I love Miami. Uh, what's the name of your record label? The abbreviation is SRM, and uh, it's it's Sir Ray Music. Mm -hmm. But it's a little pretentious, so I like to call it SRM. Okay, and wh where can folks uh, follow you uh, if they want well, to learn I'm more about you? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Rayguel. That's two L's at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, and um, soon I'll be in your town. Yes, and that's Guel's G U E L L L L double L's at the end, folks. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it was, from Spain. It's a Spanish name. Oh, very exotic. <laughs> I don't know about that, but but it's Spanish nonetheless. Catalan is what it is. 
ah. from the uh, Basque region of Spain. What is it derived from? Like my name derives from circle in Italian. Um, well, you know, my last name, there's a park, uh, there's a park in, in Barcelona called Park Guel. Oh, it must be. So, it, <laughs> so I don't know if, if it's from the parks or walking the park or doing the nasties in the park. No, yeah, it's from the, uh, it comes from the nighttime when the park becomes very clandestine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, I've that's never where, been in that's that where park your name comes from. Night. <laughs> Um, I'm super excited to meet you. I met you in Florida when I was down there for the Winter Music Conference. We and had fun at that party. Huh? I, yes, that was fun. And I l just love meeting artists such as yourself, uh, who's given the world, given us some real cool Thank dance you. music to dance to. Um, you know, it's, it's all good. I really love the song. It's a hot song. Folks, again, go to iTunes and go ahead and buy it don't want to iTunes, cry spotify apple music it's everywhere you don't want to make global. ray cry so go out and support yeah, don't want to cry, cry. <laughs> that's the follow-up <laughs> single don't make me cry <laughs> um is yeah, that the by the way you wrote the song so did, was that uh, about a breakup or something like that where was yeah. your motivation yeah oh, it was I, oh tweak I, is I on 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 point tonight wow yeah, you are. Well, <laughs> honest to God, I had forgotten because I I tend to write music and then I put it away, and then I bring it back out whenever I'm gonna work on something. And um, I had actually written this track a while ago, and I had forgotten why I wrote it. And um, when somebody asked me, you know, what was my inspiration, I kind of went blank because I totally forgot. But then I did remember. And mm -hmm. it was um, it was after a breakup. Oh um, yeah, those are never easy. So, well, you know, everything I write about it's pretty much autobiographical. So, yeah. So there you have it. Eyes. You have the real deal, folks. He's an artist writing about his experiences and sharing it with us through the medium of club dance music. Yes, my favorite genre. You know, it's a lot cheaper than going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Just write music. <laughs> On that note, we'll go out with one more version that we haven't heard yet. Let's see here. Uh, righty. Who's James Anthony? Oh, that's another mix there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To give us a little backstory. Uh, do you guys know each other well? I actually don't. I don't know him at all. Oh. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, th these uh, remixers came to me, um, well, came to me from my promoter and came to mm -hmm. me from Giuseppe and and um, some I knew. So I do like to give some of the unknowns a break, you know, and yeah. and highlight them on the mixes as well. I that, give everybody a chance. All right. Well, that's, folk. hey, uh, remixes, contact uh Ray, if you if you want to possibly collaborate, let's go out, Ray, with "Don't Want to Cry" the James Anthony uh, remix, and it's been a oh, shit for a second there. I thought you were asking me out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, where would we meet though? I'm in San Francisco. You're in Miami, somewhere let's in the middle, meet halfway. Yes, in the middle. Where would that be? Nashville? <laughs> uh, no, not Nashville. Not Tennessee. All right. Well, we're going to work it out off the air, but now on the air, let's uh, go out with Don't Want to Cry, the James Anthony remix. Uh, Ray, 
Thank you for stopping by on House of Pride Music. It's been a pleasure. I hope you'll be available to come on back real soon. I sure will. I appreciate the support, and I appreciate what you're doing for the community. Thank so, you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Share the appreciate pride. it. Oh, share the pride. Share the love. Share the music. Here you go. Don't want to cry, James Anthony. House of Pride Radio coming at you live from San Francisco. Once again, that was the fabulous Don't Want to Cry by Ray Guell from Miami. Folks, don't go anywhere. We have a uh, more, more fabulous artists coming on the show. Up next, the one and only legendary Lee Dagger from Bimbo Jones will be talking to us live. So let's warm things up with some of his work. This one looks very intriguing to me. It is Bimbo Jones and Thelma Houston. The, the title of the track is Don't Fail Me. It, turn your world it's called round, Turn, turn Your World Round, baby. Turn your world round, turn your world round. So predictable, it drives me mad. You don't know when to stop. Surely I'm the best you ever had. Changing, I can tell. I can 
Damn, that is a smoking-ass song. Uh, <laughs> we have live on the air the one and only Lee Daga. Welcome. Can you hear me? Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm very good. Um, I've, uh, I was in Palm Springs at the weekend at a gig, and now I've taken some Lee Daga Bimbo Jones siesta time down at La Jolla, uh, north of San Diego, um, for some insp- inspirational beach time for songwriting. Ah, now I understand. I, I got. I received that text picture. It looked very beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous down here. I've, I've never been here before, actually. Oh well, I hope you're enjoying yourself, uh, you and your family. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's good. Uh, it's always good to be next to the ocean. It makes you uh, be uh, full of zest for making future music. <laughs> yes, future music. Ah, how exciting is that to hear that coming from Lee Dagger, uh, one half of Bimble Jones. Tell us about where the Bimble Jones started. How did you guys meet? How did you decide um, to collaborate? Well, I've I've been DJing since the early '90s and. I decided to uh, give up my day job in advertising to pursue songwriting and production and uh, quit my job in 2000 and within a year I got a publishing deal with Simon Fuller, the guy who invented American Idol and uh, then I found Mark who was the key and then within a year Bimbo Jones was born. Did it take a while to come up with that name? Did you have like floating other names out there before, like the Supremes? We, um, we, we, we came up with several names. Uh-huh. That was one that just stuck for us. We just loved it, and everyone seemed to enjoy it. And um, if you look at the typeface, I actually uh, was inspired from the uh, TV show called A Ride. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was uh, one of the names that just didn't make the cut? Um, God, we had so many. Mark Mark was uh, dating a girl from Sweden at the time, and he was quite adamant about calling our band, which is Swedish, Flurmin Rumpa, which for any Swedish listeners, uh, I've just said, slap my ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't really like that. I thought it was a bit too corny, so just we changed Such it. a mass appeal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Bimbles Jones uh, was born, and now I'm—I can't believe I'm reading this is correctly. Uh, over eighty number ones. Hello, I feel like the. Hi, I can hear you. Yes, I—I I was saying uh, now uh, all these years have gone by, and am I reading this correct? Over eighty number ones. Yeah, we had. Um, I think we just—we just had a, a number one with. Um, uh, a really hot remix that we did for friends of mine from Italy called DJs from Mars. Uh, the song was called Gam Gam, and I think it was about two weeks ago that got got up back to our eighty-eight. Oh, well. mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, looking Thank back you. with such a vast repertoire of success, what what uh, projects really uh, have a lasting of like a memory in 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 your world that you like really feel good about and. Um. Having the uh, the uh, UK number one with a record that we produced for Leo Sayer was um, quite 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 the story because um, he was living in Australia. He's English mm-hmm. and he was a legend in the seventies. Um, oh yeah, big hits like "You Make Me Feel Like Dancing" and um, we got him a number one in the national English charts for two weeks in February two thousand and six. And I'll never forget sitting around 
the wireless or radio, sounds very old, but listening to the radio on a Sunday evening when they did the charts on BBC Radio 1 and them actually saying that we'd got our, our national chart number one, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he must have been happy to uh, be back on top. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that story is that we became friends with Leo Sayer. Oh, yeah? Do you guys go out to dinner and stuff? Um, what was that story? What, what are you doing that the phone is breaking up? Are you outside sipping champagne? Hello, can you hear me, Lee? There seems to be a little. Are we, there? Are we, are we can you hear me now? Yes, yes. Are, are, yeah. are, are you outside uh, sipping champagne in the wind? <laughs> no, we, we we were just at a seafood restaurant, and now we're just taking the coastal road back because I knew you were going to uh, be calling me from House of Pride Radio, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't inside a loud restaurant, so. Oh, so you're en route and you probably went around a, like a, a, a hill or we're something. Just, we're, just, <laughs> we're just next to the sunset, watching the sunset over the beach. Oh, so. my God. So you, are you with your family now? That's so nice. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, m- music is my life, as we put it. So mm-hmm. always here for the music. Speaking of music, we introed our uh, conversation uh, with uh, Thelma Houston. Turn, tell us about that project. Yeah, so I... Um, I've been a songwriter for many years now, and I've been traveling to various locations, Los Angeles, Nashville, Vegas, Denver, London for songwriting um, projects. And I was lucky and blessed to meet uh, the legend that is Thelma Houston, who obviously had a billboard number one in the national charts with uh, her cover of um, Please Don't Leave Me This Way. So. She's an absolute disco and gospel singing legend. So to meet her in L.A., I was a little bit shy, but I've had these experiences before where you meet up with people. And if you're just yourself and they can feed off your enthusiasm, your music and knowledge. And um, we had a great time. And that's how that record came about. And so I've, I've been playing it a few gigs and I haven't really played it to any labels as such yet. But I'm feeling that maybe this is the year to release that song now. Sounds like a number one to me. Very, very, very fierce song. Yeah, it's got lots of energy. Yep. Great, like a rhythmic and soulful, like production value in the the melodic structure. Yeah, Uh, it's pumping. I was like jamming on it and her voice never sounded better. Oh my God, Thelma Houston, love her. I know, exactly. I mean, um, for her age, which I won't um, disclose her age because she'll slap my hand. Uh, but um, she still has the most amazing vocal, um, which is testament of her um, quality and knowledge of yeah. being a great singer and disco legend. Absolutely. Now, do you, do you sing as well? Um, I'm not really a singer. I'm not trained, but um, I know how to sing and orchestrate singers into singing the way I want them to sing if I write a song. So... Um, I'm not really an official singer, but um, I have actually stood up in a couple of gigs before and sung over a song, uh, this bootleg that Swedish House Mafia made once. And I sang it three times, once in Prague, 
once in Paris at this outdoor festival facing the Eiffel Tower and once at a festival in England uh, called Glastonbury, which is 180,000 people. And I just thought, why not? I can always say that I, in my book one day that I did this, <laughs> took, a, took a chance and did it, but I'm not officially a singer, but I, I do know how to tell people how to sing. Got it. So you folks better listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because 88 number ones, you, you know your stuff. Uh, you're Also, are you a, a Grammy-winning producer? Yeah. Um, five days after Michael Jackson sadly passed away, Mark and I uh, were flown over to work with the legend that is Sergio Mendez, mm. who, if any um, of your listeners... You might not know him. He came to L.A. in 65 from Rio, uh, very musical guy, pianist, and put together his first album called Brazil 66. And um, his second last album, he worked with Justin Timberlake, the Black Eyed Peas, Q-Tip, the rapper, John Legend. And we were blessed to be chosen to be the first people to work on the first two songs. Um, So we were out in Encino in the studio and uh, non-stop working for him and it bagged a Grammy which to our belief which was uh, amazing that is amazing wow so how many Grammys do you have on your shelf uh, it's just the one just the <laughs> one, one, one one connection so far but um, that's part of the reason I've moved to America I wanted to push it to the next level so now I'm, I'm constantly um, writing and producing as well as remixing because the remixing always keeps you current with the sound and keeps you buoyant and um i've got a new single out at the moment in the billboard charts with a, a lady called courtney harrell who's from the voice um, oh that's she was great on Blake's team a couple of years ago and and it's i think it's number 26 i believe at the moment on the billboard chart and in the uk on the music week chart uh, it's number six I've just found out today. What's the name of the song? It's called So Lost Hearted. Sorry, you cut out. It's called what part it? Uh, uh, so Lost Hearted, yeah. Ah. And it's climbing the Billboard charts, folks. So uh, if you haven't heard in the clubs, is it on iTunes for download? Yeah, it's everywhere. Beatport, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Apple Music. And I've got a host of new remixes uh, done over the last few months, ranging from Dark Intensity. Um, oh, actually, I, I can break some news for you on your show. Yes, um, please. <laughs> Mark, Mark and I have just done a Bimbo Jones remix of, of my own song. So uh, it was completed this morning. So um, I'll have to send you a copy so you can play it on the radio. Absolutely. Uh I'm looking at all of the, the this uh, these waves that you sent me. Thank you for the quality. Uh, of course. Um, we played uh, Dummy Houston. Uh, we'll play one more uh, before we go out, um, and then hopefully you'll allow me to add some of this in, into my uh, podcast. Of course. Oh, great, great. That's so exciting. Uh, a DJ Val says hello from Chicago. I'll be ah, calling her lovely. next. <laughs> Hey, cool. DJ Val coming at you soon, Chicago. Wow, we're really yeah, working in the Val. United States. <laughs> yeah, sending love. We've been to Miami today, and now we're in uh, San Diego with you. And then Chicago, yeah. that's like a nice roundabout. Um, exactly. So speaking of legends, uh, you've worked with a lot. Um, 
tell us a few that you know maybe stood out for you or that was uh, on a different level. Well, an artist, you mean? Yeah, you've worked with some big time artists. Oh God, I've worked with loads of people. I've also um, had the pleasure of um, not only producing and writing with lots of different people. Um, I've also DJed for various people. I've, I once DJed for Pink at her European album launch party, and uh, they had six six Hell's Angels carry her in, and. Um, I got to DJ off vinyl for her, and I got to meet her, which was a blessing because we've remixed her six times. So that that was a pretty unique moment. And um, I've also shared a, a a suite in a hotel in Beverly Hills with Cindy Lauper for four and a half hours, just talking about music. And from that conversation, she gained my trust and and friendship. And then she invited um, us to work with her on the Kinky Boots project in London. So she flew out to London which was absolutely amazing time. Now she's a dear friend. And oh, we also worked on some new dance music, which we've not even released yet. So hopefully that will get uh, to see the light of day as well. Wow, yes. What, what, uh, when you, you still DJ, is that right? Yeah, yeah, constantly. I'm constantly DJing. I've, um, I've, You've been I've all DJed over the world. Australia, New Zealand, and... I'm going back to England and Belgium to two festivals this summer, and um, I've got a monthly new residency in Palm Springs at Chill, T H I L L. If anybody wants to come, and oh, hear at, me. I'm, at Chill, yeah, in Palm I'm Springs. There, yeah, the twenty fifth <laughs> of May, I'm back there. So I was there last Saturday for, which was part one of the Coachella weekend, which was a interesting gig because everyone thought, oh, people are going to be out of town for Coachella, but. It was a full dance floor till two in the morning, and for the last two hours we had a load of ravers from the Coachella party. So oh, amazing they... night, extremely fun for me as a DJ, being able to broaden my sound. That's so funny, Chalchella ravers coming in for the last two hours just uh, probably changed the energy of the room a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helped to mix it up. What did you find that you had had to, in music-wise, incorporate into that kind of? Um... Oh, I just, I just went a bit more um, clubby, um, a little bit more cooler, uh, but with lots of energy, mm-hmm. and um, it totally lifted the atmosphere, which is always good to do. If, if you're if you're a world DJ and you know how to adjust your your set, you should know how to mix it up and I play a, I play quite a long set there normally what I would normally do so if you're playing a long set it's good to have those intervals where you can take people on a slight journey but also keep the dance floor completely full but still add interest to the clubbers as well yes sir read that audience uh, at once again it's at Chill in Palm Springs I can't think of a nicer place to have a residency palm springs that's so cool uh and not too far from san diego is that where you live now or are you just visiting lee can you hear us i think lee might have have lee's gone around another mountain folks oh no i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm here i i can hear the signal different but I, i've sat down and i'm not moving so i apologize to the listeners that's okay well uh we're getting on with the show uh but before we let you go we should um play another song and talk about it i'm looking at slumber party did you say that was the new one which which one did you say slumber party what's that 
Slumber Party. Oh, that's a Britney remix we did. So that's very popular if you wanted to play that. Oh, yeah, that, that'll be fun. My my audience would appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's got great energy. And, and Brit, Britney personally was very excited when we um, submitted that mix. Oh, very cool. So she was, did you get to like, you know, hug her and... No, unfortunately not. She, she, I've met many of the artists we work with, but she's one I haven't. But sometimes we get the odd email or conversation or message come through, so it's nice. Oh, that is nice, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, before I let you go, where uh, where can folks go to follow you and your brand? Um, they can check me out on Facebook, uh, Lee Dagger, L-E-E-D-A-G-G-E-R, uh, or on my um, shared Bimbo Jones page with Mark on Facebook, or Twitter Lee Dagger, or Instagram Lee Dagger. And if you look at some of the videos on there, they're pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And um, also LeeDagger.com. Uh, you can check out some videos of mine or simply go to YouTube and type Lee Dagger or Bimbo Jones and you'll see a plethora of loads and loads of different videos to hear. Fabulous, folks. You heard it here on House of Pride Radio. We're talking with the one and only legendary Lee Dagger from Bimbo Jones. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, sharing some time with us here on House of Pride Radio. Now go back to your lovely vacation with you and your family. We'll, we'll close it out with uh, Brittany's uh, Slumber Party, your your treatment of this remix. Let's check it out, okay? Oh, thank you so much. Yo. Have a good evening, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank, bye-bye.
Alright, you're listening to House of Pride Radio coming at you live from San Francisco. Your host, Tweaker Turner, here. We are just rocking and rolling with our guests today, going now to Chicago to speak to the one and only. I keep saying the one and only, but this does, everyone has their uniqueness. DJ Val, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> I have to come up with a new tag to like introduce my guests. I've been saying one and only all night, but uh, you are one of a kind. You've been in the business longer than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the, thanks for that. <laughs> um, what is your tag about that? Uh, uh, female DJ, 40, 40 years or something. What, what do you say? 45 years this year. 45 years. That's yeah. yeah congratulations. That is longevity. And you've got, Thank this, you. you've gotten to see how music ha- tastes have changed over the years. Yeah, quite, quite. Yeah, Kung Fu Fighting was out, I think, when I first started. <laughs> I mean, we, we made up a dance to that. So it's one of my first memories of uh, having a dance party. And, oh, my God. Yeah. That that was such a big hit, too, back in the day. That one was when it was very, like, innocent dance music. Like, that reminds me of uh, the same time, like, uh, Captain Nathaniel was, you know, shop around or something like that. And uh, rock, yeah, the, rock know, the boat. Yeah, songs stick out in your head, some <laughs> yeah. of them, you know. Do the hustle wasn't that what big hit around that time? Oh, disco, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to live through disco. I got to live through disco. I got to live and through survive in Chicago. I got to live through quite a few things. Tell us about that. How disco is related to Chicago house because there is a common tangent there. Um, a lot of people relate the two, you know, because of loops and uh, it kind of was underground here. I got to live through that. Uh, so it was, we were one of the cool cats. The record labels would come to the club and deliver us the records and we'd pick the ones we liked and we spun them and it was kind of a new thing, you know, uh, it was all underground. You didn't hear too much on the radio. You heard it at the club first. Uh, It's kind of backwards nowadays, you know, with the internet, but that's how it worked. You, You wanted to hear new stuff come to the club and You'd listen to what the DJ was spinning, and at the time, uh, it was house music, so that was pretty cool. When this was going on, what was your residency? Do you remember the name? Pardon? Where were you uh, DJing during this period? Sorry, I almost lost you. Um, I was DJing at the time, a place called Cadillac Jacks. Uh, I had a residency there for 17 years. And it was the first, actually, the first discotheque on the south side of Chicago uh-huh. when it first opened. How would you describe the the, the vibe and the, the look of the place? 
Well, I actually painted the whole inside um, murals. Huh? And what? the owner of the club, he was into Duesenbergs. He liked to rebuild them, and he flew people in and uh, just to do the interiors. And his name, nickname was Cadillac Jack for some reason. <laughs> it just stuck. <laughs> so inside, I did a vintage car, and uh, it was all black light murals, of course, and uh, did old jukebox, and that was about 30 feet high. I did a skyline in Chicago that was about 60 feet wide on the DJ booth. Beautiful, actually. Um, it looked cool because it all looked like neon tubing, but it was just black light paint. That's all so dark, cool. Like a blue. Yeah. Wow. So the vibe was nice. The, the lighting was top notch. We had a really good lighting guy that uh, did sound also for the Duran Duran concerts. His <laughs> name was Chipper. And uh, at the time, we were state of the art. We were the best sound system, I think, in the city. Amazing. Uh, um, how many How many people would fit in there? Uh, 1,500. Oh, nice. That's a nice Yeah, size. I ended up being a general food and beverage manager as well. It's the, you're very hands-on. <laughs> yeah, well, I grew up in the industry, so my dad owned a bar, and before him, uh, my Boucha owned a bar, so it was in our um, blood for 75 years before I went on to manage this club. And I was only 18 when I left the family nest of the bar industry, so... I, I had a running start, let's say, since I was about 13. Are you good at making um, mixed drinks? Oh, yeah. But, you know, I haven't bartended in quite some time, so I'm probably really good at sex on the beach, and it's such an 80s drink, or I can hand you a Zima, but I'm not up on all the latest fads. <laughs> mm, sex on the beach sounds great. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> Uh, wow. So what has become of the, those murals? Have they kept them? Some of them? There? The murals, you know what? Sadly enough, Midway Airport bought uh, the hotel. They, they didn't buy it. They kind of said, we need this hotel. The hotel was attached to the nightclub. So we had a 200-room hotel attached, which made it even more crazy with a pool. The stories go on and on. But uh, we were across from Midway Airport in Chicago. And the city wanted it for parking lots, so they kind of said, uh, this building, uh, we're going to put it out of service, let's just say. They didn't give the lady who owned the hotel a chance. They kind of just took it, and now it's a parking um, lot. They they knocked it down, so it was really sad. That is, oh my God, that must have been emotional for you, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, because I pretty much grew up in there. I mean, I, I started there... God, I was a sophomore in high school. I started doing artwork for the GM there, and that's how I got in. I was doing a calendar, and every day I, I put a little picture in the calendar, whatever their special was. Mm -hmm. And in high school, I was doing that for nightclubs. I, I did a calendar, I drew them up, and that's how I got my foot in the door at a lot of clubs. I love, the, I love your um, integrity and, and motivation to go kind of cut out a path for yourself you know and well you're coming from you had the right tools and uh and just do all those amazing things i had no idea you uh did you you didn't go to school for art you just had it in you no i've been making signs uh since i was a kid and 
I also, besides DJing and producing, I've been a graphic artist for a beer distributor out here in Chicago for 20, this is my 23rd year Ah. with Hayes Beer Distribution out here in Illinois. So uh, I've been making signs for nightclubs since uh, even before high school. I I just always liked painting and uh, I was a lettering artist. I did race cars, banners for um, all kinds of bars. Nightclub. Are you hearing this, folks? If you need a professional sign made. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, my plate's not falling off. <laughs> <laughs> Contact DJ Val, not only for dancing, but for your your, your new business. And, uh, the, the, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> she does it all. <laughs> uh, that, uh, you must be pretty busy. I, I keep busy, but I, I have to... Um, have some quiet time too you know Mm. you try to balance the forest and the sea and work so you know you got to balance things out what what is life about being a cancer survivor i don't live to work i work to live so that's right on our have to enjoy life i i you just refreshed my memory on on your personal battle with your health uh and you've been um clear now for how long uh, April 14th, it will be 14 years I've been cancer-free. Yeah. For, it's like I, a second birthday. Second birthday, exactly. Yeah. yeah, something to be grateful for. Um, yep. So, DJ Val, you, you're also a remixer as well as a DJ and then all of these other professional traits yep. that you have. Um, what you got coming down the pike for us? Uh, I've been with Music Plan Records now for about four years, so I'm going to focus on my tour for now, and maybe there will be an announcement in a few months. I'm not, I can't go into that. She's putting out a teaser for us, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We'll just have to be patient and wait for the itinerary. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. Are you working on any remixes right now? Uh, like I said, maybe in a few months there'll be a big <laughs> announcement. Right now, I'm I'm getting ready to go to uh, West Hollywood for Pride in June. Oh yes. And uh, tomorrow night, I have a I'm working at Replay, doing an awesome retro night. I do uh, I mix videos up from the 80s and 90s. You know the old club hits that that you know you forgot that you loved. Yeah, those and songs are fabulous. What would be an example of that? A song that will get people excited oh, feel it tampera you know off mm-hmm. the top of my head is our love triangle of course you know oh yeah um i i mix it up yeah ah yeah. and the name of that venue again so folks are so you in chicago replay you in lakeview replay. replay in lakeview in chicago you know, I've never been to Chicago, but the, now hearing you talk, I feel like I definitely have to get over there. <laughs> you do, you do. Not in the winter, but maybe in the in the summer. Or... No, we got North Pride coming up, and, and Pride and Market Days is huge. Um, yeah, you should. I'll send you some invites. Okay, hey. You know, because they're the only invites you get on Facebook, right? I'll make sure to send it to you. <laughs> send, yes, people send send Tweaker some stuff. Yeah, send me invites. <laughs> um, Pride in West, uh, did you say West Hollywood Pride? Yeah, yeah what, I play at Trunks every year um, what does in West it, Hollywood. Yeah. What does DJ Val wear for an event such as this? Well, I'm I'm hidden away up in the, you know what I wear. I wear a shirt and tie and a jacket and maybe a skirt or shorts, whatever, and some craziness. I mean, come on. <laughs> like some tease that backcombing hair of yours? <laughs> 
Oh, God knows what my hair will look like. Because you know what? It's a steam bath in there in the middle of summer. and Oof, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pride. Wall to wall, half-naked guys, you know. Yeah. It's insanity. And girls. The pride in San Francisco is totally mixed up. Like uh, It is. Yeah. It is. It is. It's, it, the energy is amazing, all those young... But I mean the men are topless, not the women, of course. Oh, well, okay, maybe well, there. Well, sometimes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had to qu- so. think about that for a second, because I feel like I've seen plenty of that in, in San Francisco. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm so happy that you you are, are doing so much for us in our community, and uh, it's... The you know your sets are amazing. It, it gets people oh, up and dancing. So gets people up on the dance floor. That's what it's all about. Oh yeah, I just did Queen here in Chicago a couple weeks back. Uh, it, it came up actually at the Winter Music Conference in Miami, this venue, and uh, a bunch of us were talking about different events, and uh, that that came up. And I said, yeah, I'm doing it this Sunday. I came home, flew home. Uh, most amazing night probably I've ever had spinning. It was so awesome. It's called Queen at Smart Bar on Sundays. And it, it just was the best time ever. Most creative, artsy house, really good Chicago house music, and just so much fun. There's so much here in the city, and just so much fun. Yep. Uh, um, okay, so we, we're going to... My show. I just looked at the clock. We have to wrap things up. What what a full fun show today. Uh, where should we go to follow you? To find all my records, my mixes, where I'm at, all my social media, djval.com. That's easy. djval.com. Very easy. Everything's there. All right. You heard it here. House of Pride Radio, djval.com. It can't get any easier than that. Thank you, my dear, for joining us again um, on short notice. I really appreciate that. Much love from Chicago. Much love from San Francisco. All right. (laughs) You have a good evening, and we'll talk again. We'll we'll go out with uh, one of your spring mixes here, a little more of DJ Val music. You take care, honey. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, let's listen to a little bit of DJ Val here on her mix, and we'll come back with David LaSalle from Provincetown, and then we'll wrap it up. House of Pride Radio.
Pride Radio, live from San Francisco. Tweak Turner here. That was the DJ Val EDM mix. Spring mix. Fabulous. God, motivating. Want to dance. I've been dancing right here in the studio. We're going to check in to Provincetown now with uh, resident DJ, DJ David LaSalle. Coming at you. Right, you're listening to House of Pride Show live from San Francisco with your host Tweaker Turner. Sorry, Jason Walker. We'll come back to you a little bit later because right now we have to go over to Provincetown, Massachusetts. Folks, Provincetown, where we'll be talking to a legendary DJ resident of the A House, uh, Mr. David LaSalle. Can you hear me? Yes. 
<laughs> well, welcome, uh, welcome. Uh, this is your first time on House of Pride Radio. It's a pleasure that to have you. How are you doing? I'm great. Nice to speak to you. Yes, nice to speak to you again. It was a pleasure meeting you at the music Winter Music Conference in, in Miami. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I agree. Uh, so let's get right into it, David. I know it's a. Uh, uh, let me thank you again for. I mean, it's a three-hour difference. So it's nine thirty over there. Are you in Provincetown now? I am still in Florida. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you wearing a bathing suit? No, we're sitting on the balcony and just enjoying the great weather. We just got back from dinner and uh, and we're winding down. We're leaving on Saturday to drive back to Provincetown and so. Uh, oh, you're driving back. I did that right. once. Yeah. Yeah. You um is a Wayne with you? Yes. DJ Wayne is also a DJ Wayne Michaels. Is that correct? He's also no, a, no, no, no. They, Wayne is my partner for uh, 29 years, going on 30. And DJ Wayne Michaels, who I was with, also at the at the party at Frank's, is a, a DJ that works at the same club that I do. Yes. Let's go back a bit. Um, do you recall the first uh, summer you started your residency at uh, the A House? I do. What? I do. I do. I was actually working at the boat slip uh, my first summer in Provincetown. And I started at the boat slip in, I think it was May. And by the end of the summer, I was working at the boats of and the A House. I worked at the A House uh, in, starting in late August until the season ended. Now, in that time, most people only had uh, seasonal licenses, so everybody had to close down seasonal liquor licenses. And uh, mm-hmm. so the A House had to close, and we usually closed around. What, right after what year are we talking uh, about here? 19, 1980. 1980, right around the, the, the new decade, 1980, the 80s, folks. Yeah. Wow. That, um, yeah. So there you are in the summer of 1980. What, yeah. what was some of the uh, the big hits? I mean, I don't, I remember Blondie had a big hit called Me, uh, but I don't know if that was, there was ever a dance version to that. Oh, 1980. Well, in 1980, I think a lot of the stuff from the 70s was still uh, uh, the late 70s was still were still big songs, and that's the height um, of disco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think 1980 or 81. I think the big song was. Laura Branigan, Gloria, I remember that. Yes, that, <laughs> that was a huge hit. <laughs> yes, oh my God. <laughs> and the ABBA things like Lay All Your Love on Me. Um, those were early 80s, and I know that was a huge song. You know? That that one but was. Some what, of the, you know, all the classics from the late 70s, like Evelyn Champagne King and Vicky Sue Robinson and stuff like that, those were still really all big songs in the early 80s and then of course I think uh, when did when was the first Madonna song um oh that uh, geez around uh, 
around that time because wasn't yeah. Uh, it was before Lucky Star. She had like two hits. What were those two hits before Lucky Star? Borderline, maybe. Yeah, even like, before that, there was one um, that I uh, really are into. Sounds is very R and B ish. Uh, right. I yeah. can't. I can't. And of course, that was like the beginning too of Whitney Houston stuff. So. Oh right. Oh my God. You're bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, before you were DJing at those two um, famous, you know, clubs, the, the Boat Slip and the Yay House, where, what were you doing? Were you spinning music elsewhere? Well, I uh, grew up in Amherst, Massachusetts, which is a big college town, and I first got my start actually uh, playing at frat parties a friend of mine and i would dj at frat parties he would do all my heavy lifting like the equipment the records and all that stuff and i we'd split the money and i'd do the music and he would just do the grunt work and we did a lot of frat parties at at umass in amherst and some of those got a little scary when you were like this was i'm talking like i was a senior in high school oh yeah Uh, senior in high school and a freshman and I went to UMass also and um, then like my second year in, in college uh, a friend of mine who worked at a local disco said there was going to be an opening so I went there and they hired me and I, it was a place called Poor Richards and uh, that was my first disco you know, paid, actually paid DJ job, you know, in a club. And that was probably like, uh, I would say 1976. So, and all those disco things were just coming along then, you know. Yes, uh, Lady Mambala. <laughs> well, I remember the height is 1977, like the year after I started, the big huge phenomenon was uh, Saturday Night Fever of course oh, of, oh god yes who who doesn't remember <laughs> that Who? oh uh, Madonna Burning Up and Everybody those were the two songs I was thinking about right right correct right yeah that's when she was just uh, let out of the gate those songs are real hot they didn't get as much radio attention pop yeah everybody was kind of a, like a slower groovy kind of yeah yeah uh, yeah but uh yeah, wow, you really lived during some amazing music, like uh, you were you're actively DJing during a time when the music was just, you know, the genre I, of disco was just, you know, the height of, you know, bizazz and glamour and, <laughs> you know, yeah. party, party. This is when cocaine wasn't addictive, remember? I don't remember, <laughs> but I, I've read about it. <laughs> I have, like, lived through a lot of different... Uh, a lot of different genres and I've seen a lot come and go of course I really you know Provincetown like in the mid 80s was it was uh, the AIDS crisis like started and really really hit hard and that was a that was a huge thing back then totally huge um, now it's that's really interesting because from a DJ's perspective you know, DJing every night, you have your audience, and you've done it so long that you, you it's like chapters of your life, uh, 
how it's changed with times, with the music and the norms and the culture. Um, how would you describe in general the the vibe of the 70s at the A House? Oh, you weren't there yet, but say around you coming from the 70s into the A House at, in 1980. What was well, the vibe like? The vibe in P-Town in the 80s was a lot more carefree. I remember that it was just kind of easy breezy and I remember at the house we used to keep the windows open so when people walking by could look in and watch all the you know all the guys dancing it was kind of it was just like very free spirit and then all of a sudden the town started getting all these rules and regulations and noise variances and it just uh, like even with shops and restaurants and couldn't do this couldn't do that and it, it just like all these restrictions started and it just seemed to like put a damper on everything like towards the beginning of the 90s and stuff like that and it changed a lot and of course you know prices went up and I, I've seen a whole metamorphosis of P-Town where it used to be just a seasonal town where everything shut down like after Labor Day boom people put the boards on the windows on commercial street and then and then all of a sudden there started to be kind of a resurgence where people wanted to make that their place of living and people started living there year-round and there was more year-round business and of course comes with that uh turned into greedy landlords greedy real estate agents and everything went up and up and up and up and of course like right now it's like like a very expensive place to go on vacation and very expensive place to live i know listen i would love to uh make provincetown my home it really is a one of a kind town is in so many ways and uh, but you're right it's just really difficult to navigate that unless you you have a, like an you know some sort of like cash cow going for you or something it's very expensive and it's like Boston prices and no no work for a lot of people you know that's the thing seasonal work and how do you live there having a seasonal job that most people have and try to make it through the winter it's like almost impossible and there's less and less and less year-round places for people to rent so it's you know people landlords and stuff and realtors know that they can make you know the most money doing summer rentals and all this that kind of stuff so there's like not a lot of house, not a lot of places to live for if you want to live there year round but folks if you can make it over there to visit do do so especially if you're part of the lgbtq community i don't recall too many places where you can really feel part part of um of your community and feel free to just exp- you know be who you want to be there oh absolutely Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying that it's an expensive place. Oh, to yeah. Live. Absolutely. I mean, it's a crazy expense. You know, I I grew up in East Hampton, so very seasonal. Not as much so now as it used to be, just like Provincetown. But my God, I know that well, that feeling of like trying to make ends meet in the winter, you know. Uh, oh, but, you know, it's it's a great town. It's a beautiful town. It's got great energy in the summertime. There's a lot to do. There's always something going on, of course. Fourth of July week is like, 
crazy busy and bear week is like crazy crazy and, and <laughs> is that your favorite week bear week david <laughs> uh i i yeah they're all, all 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 the busy weeks are great i mean i just feed off of that energy i really like i really like fourth of july week which they used to call circuit week but because all the it's all the you know buff boys and and uh, it was all the circuit people, but all the circuit people now are seem to be turning into bears. So it looks like <laughs> it's kind of a good crossover. It's like you know, young ones, young up and coming circuit, and now the old circuit ones are bears now, and it's like funny. It's just like none of them. <laughs> that is that's funny. It, is that the weekend of the uh, parade? Uh, the parade is Carnival Week, which this year is the third week in August, and that's really a lot of fun. There's a lot of events going on, and that draws a really wide range of people. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And um, what is it about the A-House that you think keeps the patrons coming? It, it, what, what? Tell me a little bit about the history of that, that venue. It has a very long history. It's one of the oldest the the little bar building is is one of the oldest buildings in Provincetown, and the hotel that was adjoined to it. There's a section in between that they built in between was a jazz club in the '50s, and the owner was really really into jazz. He used to go to New York to recruit jazz people, and I'm talking. We had legendary people that performed there, like Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald and Nina Simone and Earth Kid and these were all like jazz things in the 50s and 60s and it was really kind of a avant-garde artist community like like uh, really kind of an it was like uh, I, I it would have been great to experience something like that you know hmm. yes and then in the uh, turned to a disco, a dance club in the early 70s. That was before my time. And it was just kind of like the DJ playing records and jazz records and all kinds of stuff. And then it kind of evolved in the mid-70s before I got there into kind of a dance club for gay men. And, and it's been like that I mean it's got a lot of the building has a lot of history when you walk in the door you can see the history it looks like an old uh, kind of a historic uh, like a pit fishing village kind of thing but <laughs> we've up, we've updated it it's, it's a, a tackle bit. shop turned into a disco come, come on <laughs> in with your fishing poles and you catch a catch a, but we <laughs> you know we've updated it we have a like killer sound system and we have we just we just like revamped all the lights this past winter and it's gonna be like a and it, it, it looks great. There's like buoys hanging in the ceiling, but there's like new disco lights that are worth like thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a r- rustic disco, rustic chic. It's as they crazy. Were <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's a must must stop uh, on your visit to Provincetown. It's in that wonderful alley, and it's just everything about it works. Like um, it does. the vibe, the the structure, the history. You know, the good music, the DJs, the resident DJs like yourself, and. Um, the other guys and the and the the drinks are cheap and strong, folks. 
I'm speculating. Cheap and, <laughs> cheap and strong. Well, it, yeah, cheap and strong. It's like a, getting a double every time. You know. Yes. <laughs> Come on All down. All pre-pour. <laughs> um, and is that like there's an upstairs somewhere? Is that part of the A house? There's like a kind of a leathery upstairs up bar. Up over the up over the little bar, which is the little bar is kind of like a sit down bar with a jukebox and it has a fireplace and very 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 kind of homey in the winter time. They have bingo going on right now on Wednesday nights. They had, they do it all winter, which is a lot of fun. The fireplace going when it's snowing out, whatever. But upstairs from there is a leather bar called the Macho Bar, and we have, that's where DJ Wayne Michael works. Uh, um, when I'm working in the disco, he's upstairs there, so we do have a live DJ up there, and he plays kind of a progressive house, and that's uh, um, a good leather scene going on there, and different from the dance club. We try to keep it different from the dance club, and it's so we have those three bars going all the time so awesome it is it's, it's, a, it's an amazing place once again that's the a house we're speaking to david lasalle a long time resident dj at the a house um that's amazing uh keeping the fire burning <laughs> <laughs> so to speak so to speak, yes. So I'm so envious of you. You've got to spend like, sounds like a couple of weeks down in my in Florida, in Miami area. Uh, well, we just recently bought a place, so we've been here since uh, the first of January. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be my thing. The the, the dance club is. Um, only open on weekends in the winter time, and we'll be we'll be starting full time like in the beginning of May. So I'm going back to work Easter weekend, and and here we go for another season. This that, will be my thirty ninth season. Thirty ninth season. That's amazing. Um, I just before I um before our conversation, I was I had called Chicago here on the show to talk to DJ Val, who's been in the business for forty five years. So. Uh -huh. I, I just love it. And um, uh, that's right. The season is a seasonal town. You have to wrap your mind around that. So the season starts up in May is the beginning of it. Well, that's when it's really busy. I mean, there's there, there's people there. People come on weekends all the time, like year-round. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in Boston, you probably want to get away and go, go out yeah. to Promise Town. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, David. Um, I was so it was such a pleasure to meet you down in Florida, and I hope this is the beginning of a, a nice relationship with uh, you and House Pride Radio. Well, great. Thank you for calling, and it was a pleasure meeting you at Frank's uh, Shindig, and uh, hopefully we'll speak soon. Yes, sir. Uh, well, we'll go out now with. Um, we might as well play Madonna since we were talking about her. <laughs> so okay. We'll go out of this, of this interview with Into the Groove, which was a great song back in the day. Uh, and we'll talk to you uh, again. Uh, maybe we can talk about when you have started up your 2019 season. Let us know how it's going. Okay. All right. Take care now. That'd be great. Fabulous. You take care. Bye bye, David. Bye. Thank you.